Have you ever said something you regretted? Oh, I'm sure you have. We all have. We'd want to take it back, but we can't. We'd like to say, judge, strike that from the record, or please have the jury disregard that last statement, but we can't take it back. Our speech is so important. With that same mouth, we bless God and we curse men who have been made in his image. And James says, this is not the way things should be. Well, how should they be, James? And how do I fix it? How do I get better with my speech? Well, we'll look at that more and learn the lessons we need to learn today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. May I suggest that it's in the times of strong blowing winds of difficulty, persecution, financial stress, health challenges, difficulty in relationships, in those strong winds where our tongues really reveal who we are. Amen? In the strong currents blowing your ship around, where do you steer it with your mouth? Where do you steer your family, brother? Do you say, let's pray? Do you speak words of faith and comfort to your spouse when maybe they're experiencing some doubts? To a friend, you're leading a company. It's been tough times. You get everybody together and you say, oh, there's power in this. Let's, I'm going to steer the vessel in this direction. Though the winds be blowing hard, here's where we're going, family. Here's where we're going, company. Here's where we're going, friend. Because the Lord has given me faith We have to be careful with our words, especially when storm winds blow. And this is, of course, connected to teachers and those with influence. We have to be careful what we say. There's a story of a woman who early one morning made a mad dash out of the the house when she heard the garbage truck pulling away. She was still in her bathrobe. She had her hair wrapped in big curlers. Her face was covered with sticky cream. She was wearing a chin strap and a beat up old pair of slippers. In short, she was a frightful picture. When she reached the sidewalk, she called out to the garbage man, am I too late for the garbage? Am I too late for the garbage? The reply came back, no, hop right in. (laughs) Now in moments where storm winds blow, we have decisions to make about words that we're gonna use. How many of you have had someone write you an encouraging note, express a thought in a card at a, critical moment, and it changed the whole trajectory of your life. One good word, maybe one Bible verse at a key moment, one rhema word in Ephesians. It talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it uses the, not logos, but rhema. It's a precise, uh, effective word in the moment to encourage someone or to share or defend yourself. So also in the same way, verse five, he's given us illustrations, horse, the bit, the ship, the rudder. In the same way, the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. Behold how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. In Southern California, we know about fires, right? We have seasons where fires are epidemics and sometimes we'll turn on the news and there's fires burning in multiple locations and they often take it back to a singular moment where someone maybe flicked a cigarette 
or they didn't put out a campfire properly. And then we've had some people who are arsonists. And on purpose, they will light something on fire and the damage is absolutely devastating. Acre upon acre, homes and lives are devastated and destroyed by wildfires, sometimes taken back just to a silly decision by one person. A spark causes a big fire. The Chicago fire started this way. At nine, uh, one Sunday evening, October 8th, 1871, poor Mrs. O'Leary's cow kicked over the lantern as she was being milked, starting the great Chicago fire, which blackened three and one and half miles of the city, destroyed over 17,000 buildings before it was checked by gunpowder explosions on the south line of the fire. The fire lasted two days and killed over 250 people. The great Chicago fire, a cow kicking over a lantern. And I think you all see the implication. Angry words spoken in a moment. Uh, one little spark, one little word, and it catches something. And all of a sudden it begins to spread. It could be a rumor. It could be gossip. It could be hate speech. And all of a sudden it becomes a wildfire. And many people are devastated by one word, one spark. And yet on the positive note, so many people can be helped by one encouraging word. Proverbs 16, 27 says, A worthless man digs up evil while his words are a scorching fire. Proverbs 16, 27. You've all heard the idea of inflammatory statements, inflammatory, the flame, or sometimes we'll hear somebody tear somebody else down and we'll say, Ooh, he burned you. What a burn. Right? And what's that all about? It's about destroying others. Proverbs 17, 27 says, He who restrains his words has knowledge. He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. And so the application is, when the flame is getting hot, cool it down, pour water on it. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the living waters afresh so that you don't say something that's going to spark a fight or spark a wound. The tongue is a fire, verse 6. The very world of iniquity or injustice or moral wrongness the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body. Some see a secondary reference to the church body and take it back to the teachers in verse 1. And sets on fire the course of our life. It sets the whole course of his life on fire, NIV. And it is set on fire, would you note it, Bible students, by Gehenna, by hell. The tongue is inspired by hell. Now we all know Satan is not literally in hell, but here Gehenna becomes a picture of Satan. He doesn't want to be in hell. Hell's the lake of fire. But hell is representative of Lucifer. It's representative of, of Satan. And often Satan is behind the speech that causes the spark. In fact, in the garden, he said, did God really say in the book of Job, we were in a Thursday Bible study and one of the guys that's been teaching the study, Todd, brought out that in the book of Job, when Job's wife says, curse God and die, and a lot of us have heard preachers say, thanks, honey, appreciate the encouragement. Curse God and die. Do you know that her words were actually what Satan wanted to do to Job? Satan said to God, you've had a hedge about this man. If you take the hedge down, he will what? curse you to your face. Job's wife 
spoke Lucifer's words. Just curse God and die. Wow. And sadly, sometimes the words that come out of our mouth take Peter right after the great confession. You are the Christ. And the next moment, he says, this is never going to happen. You're not going to the cross, Lord. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Our tongue can become a tool for good. And sometimes it can be literally satanic. And of course, yeah, that's good. Thank you for that. I'd like to hear preach it, Pastor Michael. Preach it. Come on. Anyway, okay, all right, thanks. I just want to make sure I wasn't all alone up here. You see, the truth of the matter is that Satan, through doctrines of demons, through false teaching, through condemning words that have often caused people to go to the edge, to lose their minds because of hurtful words. And sadly, and this is just reality, some people have, it's taken them right to the verge of suicide. It's hard. It corrupts the whole person. It defiles the entire body. And James says, this is not how things should be. Hell should have no place in the words that we speak. Satan, John 8, 44, Jesus called him the father of what? Lies. He's a liar. And so James says, every species of beasts and birds, verse 7, of reptiles, creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. God gave us uh, dominion, Genesis 1, 26. We have it over massive elephants. Think of the circus. We can train them to entertain lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, thank you. Killer whales. For some years ago, my lovely wife, Brenda, was, uh, what is it, SeaWorld? She was there when Shamu was around. And uh, he would come up out of the water and he would kiss somebody on the cheek. And so the, the person up there, you know, they picked Brenda because, of course, she's the most beautiful woman there. And they picked her. And uh, they said, okay, Shamu's going to come up and give you a kiss on the cheek. Just don't lean in. He'll come to you. So she said, she, she heard what he said, but she leaned in anyway. Shamu knocked my wife out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she didn't get knocked out. Just kidding. But, but he hit her a little harder than just a peck. That's a killer whale. See, mankind, we have dominion. It's one of the signs that the Bible is true. It's a minor evidence, but we have dominion over animals that should be able to destroy us. Why? Because God's given mankind a special privilege. And we've been able to tame species of beasts, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea. There's even ancient pictographs of men riding dinosaurs back in the day. But no man, no one, anthropos, verse 8, means no male, no female, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The tongue seems to be untamable. And this is where we could all resonate with this. No man can tame the tongue, but God can. Do you believe that? 
Hey, listening family, this is Pastor Michael, and I want to tell you about the store at walkintruth.com. There's 27 products up at the store right now, ranging from things like the teaching on 666 from the book of Revelation, the seven seals from Revelation, Scientology, Jehovah's Witnesses, the anatomy of a fall, how to avoid falling from 2 Samuel, and even teaching on the occult. Most recently, an interview with Frank Sontag about the New Age movement and his personal testimony. Hey, when you go to the store and you purchase a product, you partner with us to reach more people like you. So go to the store, walkintruth.com, click on the store, purchase a product of interest, buy it for a friend, and when you do, you'll be partnering with us to reach more people for the cause of Christ. We love you. We appreciate you. You can also give donations there at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Click on that store and partner with us today. We appreciate it. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. And this is where we could all resonate with this. No man can tame the tongue, but God can. Do you believe that? And if I allowed a line of people to come up here, if we had the time, it would be a wonderful testimony for each of you to come up and say, this is what's happened to my language as a result of knowing Christ. This is what he's done. He's, he's turned cursing into beauty, cursing into blessing. I think we all understand that. We've all admitted that we have a ways to go. But there are people that when they speak, their tongue gives them away. They have the poison of asp under their lips. Romans 3, 13. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Nothing good can come out. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And maybe you work with someone and, and they just have a filthy mouth and it's always innuendos and double entendres and, and you're like, man, and that's because garbage in, garbage out. And God is taking the garbage out of our lives. He's trying to make us more like him. And James says, Maybe going back to the, the setting of the assembly, which was the beginning of chapter 2, when a man walks into the church, he says, with this tongue, with this mouth, verse 9, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. We come into church on a Sunday morning. I know it's convicting, but here it is. James says it. And we bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. We glory in his name. And then we go out to lunch and we say something like this. Did you see what so-and-so was wearing today? <laughs> and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Because we can start with, you know, Something where we nitpick a person that's a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Oh, I don't like this about that. I like this about that. And, and, and another thing. And you just bless the Lord with this mouth. And then you curse people. And look, cursing is not just filthy language. It could include that. But here it means to doom somebody. It's language of imprecation. It's to cast evil on somebody. To cast them to hell. I just wish that person would go to hell. 
It's to ask for them to be anathematized, for the divine judgment to come down on them. Yet they've been made in the image of Almighty God. And James said to us earlier, if you come into the assembly and you say to somebody, be warm and be filled, you, you can't even love them. You, you say you love God, but you hate them and you speak evil of them. How does the love of God abide in you? And James, again, puts the mirror up and says, take a look. What's your language look like this week? You bless God in church, but out of the same mouth come blessing, verse 10, and cursing. And then James says, and you can, you can feel this, my brethren, these things ought not to be this way. This is not the way things should be. This is not as it ought to be. This is almost like a Romans 7. The things that I want to say, I don't say. The things that I don't want to say, I do say. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this bondage of death? Oh, help me, Lord. I will tell you, if you want to take away from today, one takeaway is my tongue tells me I need a savior. I need a savior. Because Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. And he said in another place, every idle word that a man has spoken, he will give an account for on the day of judgment. Just let that settle in for a second. Every idle word that a man has spoken, he will give an account for on the day of judgment. Have you ever wanted to say, quote that verse to a non-Christian friend? You know, every idle word that a man speaks, he'll give an account for. Now here's the good news. If you're a Christian, every idle word, stupid thing that you've said was nailed to the cross. Praise the Lord. I need a Savior. I need a Savior. And Jesus came to pay that ransom for all the wrong things that have come out of this mouth blessing and cursing, double-mindedness in essence. If a pattern of poison easily flows out of your mouth, James would say, take another look at who you are. Does a fountain, final few images and we're done. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? If you have an NIV, it says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Sometimes we say, is that the same person that I, I just heard praising God? And sometimes we, you know, some of you grew up with parents threatening to wash your mouth out with soap, right? Bring that dirty mouth over here. Let's scrub it for a while, right? Need some cleansing agents. Psalm 64, 2 and 3 says, Hide me from the secret, secret counsel of evildoers from the tumult of those who do iniquity, who have sharpened their tongue like a sword, they aim bitter speech as their arrow. James moves from an uh, image of a spring or a brook with salt water and uh, fresh from bitter and uh, fresh to a fig tree. He says, final verse for this morning, Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? Or a vine produce figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh. Jesus said these words, 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from the thorn bush, nor figs from thistles, are they? So even, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but the tr bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. I'm sure James probably heard Jesus preach that. And so he goes to these images. And so we, we end with some, a few application points as we prepare for communion. So what do I do now? I would say at the end of this service, probably the best thing to do is all of you walk out of here quietly. I heard Alistair Begg preach on this, and he said this may be the quietest exit on a Sunday morning that's ever happened at Parkside Church. Everybody just kind of walk out like this. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> we don't want you to do that. Here's what we're really saying. Here's what James is saying. He's saying, look, we need a Savior. And once that Savior gets a hold of my life, he's conforming me into the image of himself into the image of Christ. And part of that conforming is transforming not only my mind, but my mouth. So this week, I present my mouth to you, O Lord, to speak blessing, conform it. Maybe this week, a good prayer is just to say, uh, <laughs> and say, Lord, here it is. And then I think something else. It would be to watch your mouth. Because we have some responsibility here. It says, let no unwholesome speech come out of your mouth. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So watch your mouth this week. Maybe you'll find that you catch yourself going back to the same pattern, the same words, the same denigrating humor, and you stop yourself and you say, whoa, horse's bridle. And maybe you turn the ship in a positive direction. And maybe instead of jumping on board with everybody else's stupid statements, you say, you know what? How about this? And everybody's staggered. Who are you? Where'd you come from? And as we come to the table of the Lord, this is a wonderful time to re-consecrate everything that you are. When we take communion, the Lord invites us and he wants us to, to remember him with the the matzah and the juice. He wants us to remember what he did for us so that we could be free, so we could change, so we could use this most powerful instrument that we have for good, for blessing. And so when you come to the table of the Lord, and I know this room is filled with Christians, come to that table and say, Lord, if there's anything that you need to confess, if there's anything that you need to make right, if there's anything that you need to make amends for, come and say, Lord, touch me, change me from the inside out from this day forward. Let this mark a day when you consecrate your mouth to Jesus. Would you bow with me, Father? Thank you so much for the power of your word. Man, there's nothing like it. Thank you that you are a forgiving God. If you, O oh Lord, kept a record of my failures in this area, Lord, I could never stand. But with you, there is forgiveness. With you, amazing grace.
Every wrong thing I've ever said, you have erased at the cross. And I'm so grateful, but yet we know there's an accountability going forward, Lord. There's a work you want to do. I'm going to ask to keep your head and heart bowed. And if you have not met Jesus, then your, your idle words have not been forgiven. And you're going to have to answer for those. And you don't want to. <laughs> you, you're getting a fresh maybe view of what the cross means. And you've not met the master. You've not met the Lord. This could be the most important moment of your life. Would you follow him? Would you ask him to be your savior and your Lord? Hey, listening family. If you're new to Walk in Truth, my name is Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona in Southern California. Hey, recently I've written a book called Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God. It shows you how to put on what God has provided so that you can stand strong in the spiritual battle and stand strong against temptation with the resources that God provides. This book is available at the store at walkintruth.com. Go to walkintruth.com, click on the store, click on the book. I'll get you a signed copy and your donation will help support Walk in Truth and help us reach out to more people. Again, the book is Suit Up, Putting on the Full Armor of God, available at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.